Psalm 137, amen, beginning with the first verse. Everybody have it. Say a good amen. Amen. By the rivers of Babylon, that we there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How long shall we how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. Amen. Going to blast the shofar. We want you to give the Lord another hand clap of praise for his work. Come on, let's give him a shout. Uh, 
gives us a picture of what's happening here. Um, amen. As they are in this foreign land, as they are in exile, amen, you understand that their city, amen, their temple has been destroyed. Their city has been, amen, leveled. There are, uh, Jerusalem sat in ruins, amen, as the enemy, amen, the Babylonians, amen, took them captive and they invaded the city, destroyed the temple, amen, so now here they are in exile, amen, uh, uh, captivity because, uh, amen, of what God had uh, prophesied, amen, uh, but the sea now is here that they are at the shores of the great rivers of Babylon, amen, it says the mighty river of Babylon, so based on that, the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers were the great rivers of Babylon, and so uh, we can pretty much conclude that this was uh, one of those rivers, and probably more so the Euphrates River, amen, and so when you understand that uh, here they are at this mighty river, the Euphrates, uh, that is in Babylon, there is no other river in Israel, amen, that is as great as the river Euphrates, and so here they are at a river, amen, at a, a, a place that they had never been before, in a river that they had never seen uh, in that type of uh, uh, capacity, because there was not one such like it, amen, that was comparable in Israel, amen, so uh, here are the captives, here are Israel, amen, here's Israel sitting at the riverbank, amen, they were in captivity and dispersion, now here's what you have to understand, it was customary for the Jews when they were in captivity, brother Matt, where they were dispersed, amen, throughout another area or another country, amen, it was customary for them to hold their religious services at the banks of a river, you can see this in the book of Acts when they were at Philippi, they gathered around the river to have a prayer meeting. Amen. And there they began to uh, pray and they began to have their service. Uh, amen. So this was customary for them. Uh, amen. To gather around the river to have uh, what they would consider a religious service. Uh, now what you have to understand is here they are. They have brought their hearts. Amen. Uh, amen. To the river. Amen. And the Bible says, uh, hallelujah, that they began to remember. Zion and they wept. So here they are at the banks of the river. They're beginning to cry out unto God. Amen. They're in a place of captivity. Amen. Their life, their city, their temple, their place of worship, everything was in ruins. And the Bible says that they begin to remember Zion and what it was like and they begin to weep. Amen. So they begin to remember what Jerusalem was like before they were taken into captivity. So we don't know how long it had been since they had been able to go into the temple. We don't know how long it had been since they had, amen, been in Jerusalem and experienced amen, the presence of God because that is where he dwelt. And so here now they're weeping. Amen. And when you look at the context in the Hebrew, brother Matt, and it is really when they wept. There was such a woe about them. This was a deep sadness. This was a deep mourning in their spirits. Amen. For Zion and remembering the way that it was. 
And so we can we can think about them weeping and think about them as they begin to look back and they begin to remember how things used to be. Has anybody ever looked back at some things and how they used to be? And it made you sad. Amen. It made you remember when things were different. Amen. And it brought a sadness over you. Amen. Hallelujah. So picture them. And so now they're weeping and here. Amen. We can look at some things. Amen. Sister Mary Jo and what they would be weeping about. Amen. They were probably weeping over the death of many loved ones. Understand there was a lot of loss. Amen. As a result of this captivity. Amen. They were weeping over the loss of everything. Amen. That they owned. Amen. They were weeping over a destroyed Jerusalem and over a temple. Amen. Where they would worship. Where the presence of God was promised to dwell. Amen. They're weeping now. Amen. They're weeping about the agony of this forced march from Judea to Babylon. Amen. As the Babylonians took them into captivity, they were forced to march. Hallelujah. Amen. In submission to King Nebuchadnezzar. Hallelujah. As they led them away from Judea into Babylon. Amen. So they're weeping over the agony. Imagine the agony that they felt. Having to leave behind, amen, their life. Leave behind what they knew to be true. Amen. The the captors were cruel. Amen. They were not good to them. So they were weeping over the cruelty of their captors. They were weeping over the loss of a blessed past. Amen. There was a past that was blessed. Amen. Now understand that Israel had sinned. This is why God allowed them into captivity. So you have to imagine now what their mind was doing. How many has ever made choices that you knew, amen, after they were made that you shouldn't have, hallelujah, amen, and you are repentant in your heart, but there's nothing you can do to change it, and sometimes the consequences of those choices and decisions are inevitable, hallelujah, and you look back at the blessed past, hallelujah, now, amen, they're looking back, amen, at the blessed past, weeping over the loss of that blessed past, but now they're weeping uh, over a forced captivity of the present. So now they're weeping over how what they have lost, but now they're also weeping over where they were. Amen. And also, if they're weeping over the past that they had and they lost, and they're weeping over the fact that in the present they're held captive, it didn't leave a very good future for them. So they were weeping because the future was grim. Amen. So their past, present, and future, amen, was all wrapped up in this captivity. Amen. And finally, I believe that they were weeping over the sin that had brought this judgment that had got them to where they are. If we would only listen, if we would have only paid attention, if we would have only been obedient. Anybody ever been there? Hallelujah besides me. Hallelujah. If I would have just listened to the Lord. And so now here they are at the banks of the river. Hallelujah. Desperate. Weeping. Mourning. Suffering over what they have lost. Suffering over they, 
what they did not even know was ahead of them. Amen. And here they are. These were people who were leaders in worship. These were those who knew how to play. Amen. Instruments. These would have been the ones. Hallelujah. That would have led the worship. Amen. In the temple. And the Bible says that they hung their hearts on the willow tree. You see the Euphrates River. This is why we can conclude that this was probably the Euphrates because the Euphrates River was known as the river of the great willows. Amen. There was an abundance of willow trees that grew around the Euphrates River. And the Bible says that now they hung their hearts on the willows, amen, of the trees that were along the shore of the river. Amen. And the Bible says that there was no songs left in these captives. Amen. They were unable to sing the songs of Zion in Babylon. How many's ever been in a place and you felt like you lost your song? You felt like that you could not even raise up. Hallelujah. A song unto the Lord. Amen. The place in which you were, amen, dwelling was such a place that there was no song left in you. Hallelujah. But I was thinking today, hallelujah, we focus on the fact that they hung their harps on the willow. And we might see that as, amen, a sign of regression or a sign of depression. We may see that as a sign of giving up. But I thought about it today. Amen. I think probably what I might have done, hallelujah, looking back at how blessed my past was, and I lost it remembering how I used to sing the songs of Zion. How I used to be able to be in the worship service. And how that I messed up. And how that I'm held captive. And I've seen loved ones and people die. Hallelujah. And I don't know what the future holds. There's a good possibility that I would have broke my heart into little pieces and threw it in the Euphrates River. I thought about that today. We look at them as giving up and we look down on them. But at least they didn't break their hearts into pieces and throw it in the river. So you know what that tells me? There was hope for a better day. Won't somebody help me? That tells me that they believed I just might sing again. So I don't know who's in here tonight and maybe you've hung your harp on the willow. But let me encourage you that you haven't given up because I believe in this season that we are in that you will sing again. There is a song in Zion. My God, somebody help me. As long as God is on the throne, there's a song of Zion. And he's never, ever left his throne. And he never will. So let me encourage you tonight. You may have hung your heart on the willow, but you didn't break it in pieces and throw it in the river. The enemy might think that got you convinced that you've given up or that you're stuck. Hallelujah. But you remind him tonight. Hallelujah. That you will sing again. You will sing again. This is only temporary. My Lord, I feel that for somebody tonight. This too shall pass. Amen. It will. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. So here they are. I couldn't help but think today of that old song, that old hymn, Shall We Gather at the River? The beautiful, beautiful river. And here they were, gathering, albeit they were sad and they were troubled and they were grieving and there was great sorrow, but they gathered at the riverbank to spend some time with the Lord. And then the soldiers showed up. Here come the Babylonian soldiers. Ain't that just like the enemy? Well, yeah. You think, ooh, I got me, I've got me a place. It's just me and the Lord. And I finally got some I've got a place where I'm going to get some peace. I may not feel right. I know I may have messed up and things might not be the best, but man, I'm going to gather. Amen. At the river. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just be me and the Lord. And then boom, all of a sudden, yeah. here comes some demonoids. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the enemy showing up. He's so irritating. And they're captives. Ask them to sing. Sing us a song of Zion. You know what that tells me? The enemy recognized their song. Yeah, buddy. They didn't just say, sing us a song. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. So that tells me that they, somewhere along the way, somebody had sang some songs of Zion. There had been some praise. Come on. Somebody somewhere had, had, man, had still sang some praise and still give praise to God. So much so that the captives, amen, and also before, I got to think of before they took them captive, it was probably known, the Bible says, amen, that the enemies of Israel, they knew the God that they worshipped. They knew, amen, their customs and they knew what they did. So, amen, they were familiar with the songs of Zion. Can I tell you that the enemy is familiar with your song? This is why he don't want want you to sing it. He's familiar with the songs of Zion because, hallelujah, and that he knows what happens when God's people begin to praise. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says that they demanded joy from them. They demanded that they be happy. They demanded, hallelujah, it says the mirth that they required of us. In other words, they demanded them to have joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you ever, amen, as a child had your, been upset about something, you had your parents said, straighten it up now. You would just straighten it up, straighten it up, stop it now. You're like, you try it, but you can't. Come on, hallelujah. Now picture it, picture it. There they are, amen, weeping, moaning, woe and oh, amen, deep grief and moaning of remembering Zion, remembering how things were, thinking about all of this, amen, wanting to pray and talk to God, hallelujah, 
amen, not even thinking about singing because they hung their harp on the willow. They were in a foreign land. We don't sing the songs of Zion in a foreign land. Now here come their captives, amen, telling them, sing us a song of Zion. Amen, we, we, we don't watch. You can't be sad. You cannot have that grief. But they demanded joy from them. Hallelujah. See, here's the thing. They were wanting them to entertain them. But the song just wasn't there. Come on, somebody. Can you hear me tonight? Hallelujah. They wanted them, amen, to entertain them. But the song wasn't there. The song of peace. The song of hope. The song of joy. The song of freedom. The song of liberty. Hallelujah. That song of security. It just wasn't there. Why? Because they had lost everything that they identified with that. And that's why they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? How can we do it on foreign soil? Because you see, their songs were for more than performance. Can I get it? Amen. I know that we got a lot of performers in the church culture today. Hallelujah. But that doesn't mean that every song is out of performance. Come on, somebody. Do you hear it? Hallelujah. And they, amen, they were, they sung more. Amen. Their songs were for more than performance. Amen. Their songs came from a relationship with God. Amen. And they said, how can we sing, amen, about a relationship? See, it would take a long time to sing the songs on foreign soil because their relationship with God was broken. So they could not imagine singing, amen, the songs of God, amen, when their relationship with him was broken because they sung out of relationship and not responsibility. I'm looking for some people in this hour, in these last moments that we have, amen, who are responding, amen, out of a relationship and not responsibility. Come on, somebody, help me in this place. Because when it is out of relationship, we said a little bit on Sunday, hallelujah, it doesn't matter what it feels like, doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what it smells like, doesn't matter how long it lasts, doesn't matter if it's good, doesn't matter if it's mediocre, doesn't matter if it's bad, hallelujah, you still gotta praise, you still gotta song, because you understand that God will be with you. Jesus said even to the ends of the earth. So he'll go from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. From the north to the south, the east and the west. And he will be with you. Anybody understand that the Lord is with you tonight? Amen. So the request of their captors was an insult to their faith. The request of their captors to sing a song of Zion was an insult to their faith because they didn't just sing about him, 
they sing to him. There's a difference in singing about the Lord and singing to the Lord. There's a lot of people singing about him, but they're also singing about sin. Right. And enjoying sin. Come on. Hallelujah. But so it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's not a, a matter of whether someone sings about him or they singing to him. Because when you sing to him, it's because you have a relationship with him. Hallelujah. And you want to lift him up. And you want to glorify him. You want to magnify him. So that was the difference. See, they didn't sing about him. They sang to him. And they felt like they were separated from him in this foreign land. So how can they sing a song to the Lord when their relationship with him was broken? Hallelujah. It's like singing there would have been like betraying Jerusalem. It would have been like betraying their lost city. It would have been like, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that it would have been an insult. Amen. Because the presence of the Lord dwelt in Jerusalem. Somebody, do you understand? They still didn't have the concept and didn't realize. Amen. And was not aware of the revelation that he would go with them, that he was with them wherever they went. See, they didn't have that revelation, even though Abraham, hallelujah, had taught and God had spoke to Abraham and to Moses, and they had heard it. Amen. Preached in the temple. Amen. Recited in the Torah that God would go with them. Come on, are you with me? That God told Abraham, I'll go with you. He told Moses, wherever you go, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, it'll be there. And no doubt they heard that, but they did not amen, grasp it. How many times have we heard the word of the Lord when we come to the house of God, but we still don't grab it for ourselves. We don't believe that it is so for us. And so they, their mind, amen, was up the presence of the Lord. Lord was left back there. Hallelujah. But here's what. Amen. The psalmist. Amen. He vowed. As he wrote this Psalm 137. He vowed. Hallelujah. That he would never forget God's holy city. See now we're seeing a shift. Amen. See the enemy thinks. Hallelujah. When he shows up like their captives did. Amen. And it begins to tempt us. And it begins to taunt us. Hallelujah. He thinks, amen, that it's going to put us in a place. And it will either cast us down and will stay down or it will cause us to rise up. Because I believe that's what happened, amen, as the psalmist began to write. He said, no matter what, we will not forget God's holy city. Amen. So the enemy may send in reinforcements when he feels like that we're in the lowest place you've ever been. Hallelujah. But we can use it and turn it around. Hallelujah. And confront the enemy tonight. Hallelujah. He said, Amen. I will never forget God's holy city. He said, And if I do, may there be a curse brought upon me. If I forget about Jerusalem, may I lose the skill of my right hand to play the harp. May I forget and not have the skill to strike the 
heart. We know what the sound of the heart did. It drove out demon spirits. When Amen David would play the harp, hallelujah, I believe that the harp was a spiritual representation. A man of, a man of supernatural covering and a praise. A man that would drive out the enemy. A man that they knew. Hallelujah. So when they would play their harp in the temple, they would begin to sing and chant the songs of Zion. I believe that it would scatter the enemy. Oh, do you understand me tonight? And he said, if I forget, amen, about God's holy city, may I lose my skill to play the harp. If I fail to remember, he said, may let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I can paraphrase that, he was saying, may I not ever be able to sing again. If I can't sing about Zion, then I don't need to be singing anything at all. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? He said, if I forget about the goodness of the Lord, if I forget about where I come from, if I forget about the favor of the Lord over my life, may I never be able to sing again. May I put my hand, whatever I put my hand to, may it fail and not have skill. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Because that word forget, as it's used here in the Hebrew, it was not only for the plague, but for every action that they formerly did. So everything that I put my hand to, that was a blessing unto the Lord. If I ever forget, may I lose every bit of skill that I had. I need somebody in this place tonight that is willing to rise up, that knows that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That says if I ever forget about the goodness of the Lord over my life, I may be down, but I'm getting back up. If I ever forget what it was like in the presence of the Lord, if I ever forget what it was like to be in the glory of the King, may I never be able to sing another song. May everything that I do not be for the Lord, but be unto me. Hallelujah. I'm looking for somebody who's ready to praise, to raise. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Because when I was in prayer this morning, hallelujah, the Lord kept speaking that word to me. He kept speaking raise. He kept speaking raise. And I knew he wasn't talking about raise as in get up. Amen. But he was talking about, amen, R-A-S-E. Some spell it R-A-Z-E. Hallelujah. The Lord kept speaking that to me. So I don't know who's here tonight. I don't know who's listening now. I don't know who'll be watching later. Hallelujah. But I come tonight to tell somebody. Hallelujah. That you have got a power in you. And that you have got a praise in you. That is able to raise. Jerusalem stand for? Jerusalem stands for covenant. It stands for the temple. It stands for the presence and the kingship of God. 
It stands for atonement. It stands for forgiveness. It stands for reconciliation. So if I ever forget about all that Jesus has done, if I can, if I can put it in, in today's terms, Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, the place of peace comes from the word shalom, which is peace in the Hebrew. So if I ever forget all that Jesus paid for, mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. and I live as if there is no hope, and I live as if it's over, May I never sing another song. Because if I can't sing the song of Zion, I don't want to sing at all. Right. right. Now that's commitment. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we kind of we look upon them and we have pity and that's all good and well, but I saw a different side of them today. So the psalmist vowed to never forget God's promises. And he vowed to never forget to persevere while he was waiting for redemption. So even though they were weeping over an uncertain future, hope for redemption had not been lost. Mm-hmm. See, this, 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 this world is just our dressing room. That's right. This is where we have dress rehearsal. This is where we this is where we rehearse until he comes. Until we are with him. Because when we are taken out of here, that is our final redemption. That this body will be redeemed. And never die again. That's right. Hallelujah. I've told you, I, I, I've shared more than one time, amen. Praise God that it's been a tough season. I've been a, in a night season, I feel like since February. It feels like it should already be February of 2024. <laughs> Right? You, you, you get it? I know you do, because there, there's a lot of you that are there as well. And just when you think there's some reprieve, bam! Well, yeah. Another setback. Another pushback. Another drawback. Another, another hurt. Another resistance. Yet more silence it feels from heaven, right? It's like the heads of brass. And what you pray is coming down and bouncing right back off of you. But see, we have hope because the word says that his word will not return void. It will accomplish what he sent it to do. 
every time. It will accomplish what he said to do. So he vowed to never forget God's promises. He vowed to never forget to persevere while he was waiting for redemption. In verse 7, he said, remember Edom. Now they're praying. They're asking God. They're talking to God here at the riverbank. Now they're praying for God to remember Edom because Edom was the Edomites were the enemies. They came from Esau. Israel came from Jacob. The Edomites came from Esau. And so we know the contention between Jacob and Esau and how, amen, that Esau was the older brother, amen, but there was, there was striving even in the womb, and it was prophesied that the older would serve the younger, amen, and so we know that Esau sold his birthright to Jacob, amen, Jacob ended up with the birthright, amen, and out of Jacob came Israel, amen, and so now we have Israel, amen, and uh, amen, Edom coming from Jacob and Esau, and so now there is that uh, that contention there, the Bible doesn't give a lot of clarity on the uh, on the enmity and the strife, uh, other than that the Edomites, uh, amen, sought to keep the Israelites uh, from, amen, uh, uh, praise God, uh, uh, benefiting, amen, and thriving and, and having provision, praise God, and so they attacked them, amen, there was a constant, uh, amen, resistance there, and so they're saying in verse 7, redeeming, uh, remember Edom, they're asking God to remember them for how, amen, that they mistreated Israel, and how, amen, uh, that they were there at the conquest of Jerusalem, uh, amen, and they should have because they were related to them, uh, amen, by blood, they were related to the Israelites, uh, Hallelujah, but, and they should have, uh, amen, been on, they were resistant to uh, all the Israel, amen, and they fought as well uh, for the destruction of Jerusalem, because, uh, amen, the Bible tells us in verse 7, uh, can you pull verse 7 back up there for me, uh, I'm not going to keep you much longer, uh, but it says, remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, uh, so they're saying, remember when they came to take us captive uh, in Jerusalem. Remember when Babylon came to take us captive. And remember when Edom was there. And they said, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. Amen. They said, raise it, raise it. They cried, raise it. Now, if I was to read that out loud without you having, amen, being able to see it on the wall, amen, you would think I was saying, raise it, raise it, even to the foundation. How can you raise something that's already down? Are you hearing me? Hallelujah, because this is what raise means. It's a Hebrew word, all It means leveled to the ground. It means to overthrow, to destroy. It's literally a scratching out or an erasing of something. It is to leave destitute and empty, amen, to make bare or naked. So what they were saying was, remember when we were in Jerusalem and 
uh, amen, our enemies came to take us. But the children of Edom, who were our cousins, they were our family. They were saying, tear it down, tear it down. Level it to the ground, all the way down to the foundation. Take away the city walls. Level it all, the temple. Make it nothing but ruins. So they were saying, tear it down, tear it down. Raise it, raise it. Now, here's what you got to understand. Amen, that this word foundation here, I'm not going to keep you much longer, but this word foundation here is the word in the Hebrew, yesod. Amen, this word in the Hebrew implies more than the actual foundations of walls in Jerusalem. When you look at the word foundation and the context in which it is used here, it also pertains to the God-established order in creation, in his rule, and in his election of a people to himself. So they were not just saying, tear down, level the walls of the foundation, and tear down the city. They weren't just saying, tear it down all the way to the foundation. But the Edomites were hoping for the destruction of the foundation of Yahweh's rule on earth. So they did not just want a man of the foundation of the city to be destroyed. But they wanted the will of God over Israel's life. A man brought to an end. They literally wanted to erase a man God from hallelujah the life of his people. They wanted to do away with the fact that God is ruler of all the universe and that it was God who called a people unto himself. It was God that said I'll be your God if you'll be my people. And can I tell you tonight that the enemy doesn't just want your finances. He doesn't just want your children. He doesn't just want your health. He doesn't just want your mind. He doesn't just want your will. But he wants to erase the purpose and the will of God over your life and the destiny that God has chosen for you to be as his child. So he wants to not only tear down anything that you have built up, but he wants to erase the rule of God in your life. But I've come tonight, hallelujah, to tell somebody, see the enemy wanted to delete the will of God. He wants to delete God's will from your life. Amen. But I've come tonight to tell you that it's time to raise the kingdom of darkness. It's time to raise the dominion of Satan. It's time to raise the dominion of the enemy. It's time to level out and level down to erase, to nullify, to make bare, to expose the enemy in your life. Hallelujah. And show that God is still God and he is greater than any other thing. Amen. Absolutely. So we need to look at the word song. 
striving to purpose to, to serve God in your heart is purpose, you do not have to look for the devil. He knows where you are, knows how to find you, and he's gonna show up sometime. Yep. He's gonna show up. Absolutely. Like a bad thing. But 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 it's like saying, okay, bring it on. There's there's nothing that you can do. That is greater than the power of the will of God. Because see, he wants to raise your life. He wants to raise your faith. He wants to raise your joy, your peace, your hope, your promises. He wants to, he wants to level it down to the ground to where it is nothing. He wants to do to take it down all the way to the foundation. But remember, amen, again, it's more than just the foundation that the walls were built on. It is literally, amen, taking away the rule and the will of God. Amen, the sovereignty of God in your life. He wants you to get to the place where you do not allow God to be God. Amen, hallelujah. So you see, our song or our praise, if I can say it like that, does more than lift up God. Hallelujah. It begins to survey the land. Hallelujah. You know, like the spies 
Amen. When they went over into, amen, the Canaan land, and they began to look, and they began to sidle in, they began to survey what was there. They said, there's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. There's grapes in abundance. There's giants there. Hallelujah. But we've got a promise, right? Amen. We've got a word from God. So I say we go ahead and go on in. What are we waiting for? Amen. So see, when you really understand, hallelujah, amen, who God is, and in these hours, listen to me, listen to me, amen, I, I'm not a prophet, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not prophesying, and I'm not saying anything that I've heard from God, but I can tell you, and I've said it here and there lately, but I can tell you that I feel in my spirit when I am praying, when I am walking in the store, when I am out in the world, I feel it, I sense it, amen, that I'm not sure that we as the church are not going to have to encounter, amen, some turmoil that we thought we would not have to encounter, amen, we've already seen things, I've already thought we've got to be out of here, amen, based on what I thought I knew, based on what I thought I understood, but I sense it, amen, that's why I said as we move into the fall season, now that we're in September, I just sense that there's something, amen, praise God, but here's the thing you got to understand. And not more, only do you have to understand that you got to know it. Not only do you have to know it, you got to know him. Not only do you have to know him, you got to know who he is. Not just for you, but hallelujah, what you have. So you've got to be ready and prepared and understand. This is why these days of the Lord that we have, these days of repentance leading up to next Friday, is a blessing and a grace from God. It's a time, amen, to just make sure everything is set because I'm not sure that we're not going to have to experience, amen, some resistance, amen, and some, uh, some tribulation, if I can say it like that, amen, some hard things, some turmoil that we did not anticipate. And in the midst of that, you've got to know that your song, hallelujah, does more than lift up God. That when you come in this house and we gather together and we begin to sing, hallelujah, unto the Lord, worthy is the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah, who was and is and is to come. That we're doing more than offering up praise unto him. you got to know that it's just more than giving him praise. But when you have that song, when you have that praise and that understanding, you realize that you're going into the enemy's camp. That you're going into the dark places, into the places where, hallelujah, the human trafficking is happening right under our noses here in our very own beloved city. People are struggling. There are people right now getting ready to draw their last breath under the influence of bondage and demonic amen bondage. And you've got to know that even though you're not there, that when you offer up that song, hallelujah, that it goes into the enemy's camp. And that it goes into the 
their spouse. And it looks like they're going farther away. Hallelujah. Understand that your song is more than just a lifting up praise to him. It's more than just a pretty melody and lyrics. It's more than just, hallelujah, an orchestrated sound. It's more than the number one worship song. That song all over the world. It's more than just somebody was inspired by the Holy Spirit to pin those words. But it is literally going into where your son, your daughter, your spouse is. And it's going to begin to raise the enemy. It's going to begin to level out every wall that the enemy has built. Get victory. 
keep your peace. Come on, somebody, do you hear it? Hallelujah. We ain't got time. Hallelujah. Remember Paul and Silas? They began to sing their song in the Roman jail. What happened? Walls began to come down. The jail that had been built to hold back and to confine and to keep in bondage came down. And revival came in the prison. You got praise to raise because revival. Because the song of God's people brings down prison walls. It releases revival in the enemy's camp. Remember when they marched around Jericho? It was their shout. It was their praise that caused the walls to come down. See, when you praise to raise, it exposes the enemy. Uh -huh. Remember one of the meanings, one of the meanings of the word raise was to make bare or naked. Shrink him of all that he thinks he is. He knows who he's not. He's just trying to convince you who he is. If he can convince you who he is, then you're going to forget about who he's not. And he's not greater than the blood of Jesus. He's not greater. We don't have to rival him. We don't have to, 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 to bring a, a rivalry there. It comes natural. Remember when Jehoshaphat was going against the Moabites? He had one of the singers. The singers went on the front line. I'm looking for some front line people tonight. I'm looking for some people who want to be on the front line. Come on. Hallelujah. I didn't ask you how long you've been saved. I didn't ask you how long, how qualified you were, how many certificates you had. I didn't ask you what kind of qualifications you had, whether you had DVD or DHD or PhD or ADD or ADHD behind you. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I wasn't asking you that. I'm asking somebody that knows that. Amen. They got a song. And when they got a song of Zion, it's more than just, hallelujah, a churchy thing to do. It's more than just words and music. It's even more than just lifting him up. But it's going into the enemy camp. It's raising the kingdom of darkness. It's leveling it to the ground. It's putting it where it needs to be. And that is under our feet. I got the devil under my feet. I got the devil under my feet. Hallelujah. So I'm looking for some people. See, when you know you got a song, you also know that the Holy Ghost is your rear reward. You know that every part of you is covered with the armor of God except your back. Because the Holy Ghost has got your back. The Bible says the Holy Ghost is our rear reward. That means he's coming up behind us. So it doesn't matter if you've been saved.
hallelujah, goes into the kingdom of darkness, hallelujah, raise it up. Raise your praise to raise the enemy's camp. Come on, I said, raise your praise to raise the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what I want to say, don't you? <laughs> Some of you are like. <laughs> you know the old, you know the old saying, "You were born to raise what?" Yeah. Well, we were born to that kind of raise to hell. Come on, somebody, Hallelujah! Come on, Amen! Hallelujah! 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 I've had to bite my tongue about four times. Amen. We got praise to raise the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. Hell has no authority. Amen. To be advancing on us. Jesus told Peter, I have given you the keys of the kingdom, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. That means that hell should not advance, but we should push back hell. And when you know you've got a song, and your song is more than pretty words and harmony, but it is going into the enemy's camp. It's going into hell, and it's saying, no way, no how. Something about the song. 
of God's people. Come on, hallelujah. There's something about the song. Oh, that's why the scripture said, Behold, I'll give you a new song. Hallelujah. We're going to sing a song when we get over in the new Jerusalem. Once and for all, that the angels can't sing. Why? Because they don't understand redemption. Oh, somebody help me in this place.
like he lost your mind. That's right, that's the truth. You don't know the, the cost of my oil. You don't know the cost of my praise. So don't tell me I ain't got a right to get out of control with my praise. Because it's more than offering up praise. Amen. To God, I lifted him up. It's going into the enemy's camp. It's going into places that I don't even know it's going into. You see those prayers that I prayed 10 years ago that have yet to be answered.
we begin to go in and we begin to survey the eagle. And we travel from place to place as a minstrel spying out and bringing down walls. Hallelujah. Praise to heaven. 